I was making breakfast recently and we'd run out of what I might usually eat on a typical morning. The only things left were a little bit of peanut butter and a little bit of jam. So I made two slices of toast, put peanut butter on one, blueberry jam on the other. I like peanut butter and I like jam, but the idea of combining the two into what the Americans call a PB&J sandwich, that's weird for me. And funnily enough, this got me thinking about Web3. Web3 is full of combinations that are new to most people. There's also a big divide between the people who are willing to try these new combinations and willing to push these forward and others who just steer clear of anything NFT and Web3 related because it's a new combination. Here's a Web3 combination that I've noticed really divides opinion. Decentralization and organization. Choosing decentralization over centralization changes the entire dynamic of an organization dramatically in one key way. The power that it gives its community. They are part of the organization. So how do you feel about this concept? Does it feel strange to you? Do you reject it? Have you tried it? Do you have questions? For example, does a decentralized autonomous organization or DAO mean that no one is in charge? Is every little thing put to a vote of the community? How do you decide who does what in the community? Who's being paid? Is it a flat structure? Surely it must be slower than just running a Web2 startup where somebody's in charge and decisions are made. Another combination that people might be sceptical of would be the no-loss lottery. It's an odd combination. A game of chance where you buy into the game, but your money is saved, not spent. All will be explained in the show today when I talk to three people involved in a Web3 platform and protocol called All Together. You've probably heard the term early adopter. You've probably also heard the term evangelist. But have you ever actually talked to one? They're usually very generous people. They get very excited about connecting things together. They're explorers. But more than that, they have a desire to bring other people like you and me along with them. A perfect example of that type of person for me is Richard Liriano. I saw pulled together and I immediately fell in love with it. It was how disruptive and different it, it was and it is from the sense of, wait a second, you mean to tell me that I can have like a savings account? If I put, example, $100, I will never lose my $100, but I still have a chance of winning like every single day. It's like, that doesn't exist. If I have a savings account and I put that $100, I would see a percent of interest in a year. When I see something that I could try, you know, something that I can benefit from, you know, from an investment perspective, it's like, all right, how can I take advantage of this? How can I monetize this? He's in the community of Pull Together, but as other people in the community have told me, he embodies a lot of what makes Pull Together really great as a community. Who do I consider myself to be is basically um, like a, someone who loves technology, you know, from a young age, like from playing, you know, video games, from using computers. I love discovering new things, like new services, you know, new platforms. But here's the other part. I love sharing it with people. Mm. You know, like I, I, I'm the type of person within my family, like they would attest to it that I'm always like, hey, hey, have you tried this? Here's Dropbox. You know, you're going to get free 100 yeah. gigabytes. So am I. Here's Bitcoin, you know, six years ago. And it's like, oh, you know, there he is again. So, yeah, so like I'm, I'm, I'm that person. Certain people in life, you know, they see signs, right? They see things, but they don't act on it. But I'm a person when it comes to that, like I like to act. So like I'm a door knocker, but I'm not selling anything. It's just like, hey, you know, what are you doing? How can I help? And it's like, what do you want? <laughs> I just want to help, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm programmed that way. It's like you're on a, a platform station waiting for the train. Do you just see the trains passing by or do you get on? I'm always a person to get on. If I don't like where I'm going, I'll just mm. get off and take the train back. I'd rather lose very little 
but I gain an experience. I gain knowledge. At the very least, Richard made me realize that crypto is way more than just trading volatile coins. So I'm going to share with you part of a conversation that he and I had around art and NFTs. He brings up this really interesting point about hip hop and the graffiti culture of New York in the 80s. And it felt surprisingly relatable to NFTs. I love art. And when it comes to music, art, like I, I truly, truly, truly love it. So art to me is, if you look at life, right, if you look at the world, it's like even looking at a wall. If it's a white wall, it's just a white wall. But now when you draw, when you see the art, that really gives it life. That really gives it something like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. Art and music, they kind of tinker cer certain emotions and memory in you, and, and they call you. And there's an art that really captured my attention. Is, um, so I'm, I was born and raised in New York City. So in New York City, the art that was known for New Yorkers, and this was years ago, was graffiti. And the reason that I fell in love even with graffiti, but again, I never did graffiti, my brother did, was because a lot of graffiti artists coming from poor background, not even middle class, they had this mindset where they said, wait a second, where do our kids, our youth, where do they see art? It's in museums. Uh, you know, some museums charge an entry. So if art is something to be shared and something to be seen, it should be on a building. It should be on a train. So you have so much passion of, of putting out a message and they'll put it out anywhere. When you have a message that you want to get across, either verbally or drawn, like you could stand on the street and you put that message out there. But again, with a burning desire, you know, you're just like, how do I get this out there? How do I communicate this to people? You see the canvas. Yeah. All these walls in the city are just plain empty for you, you know? So that's obviously um, how a movement is created. Well, now there's a lot of graffiti artists that actually work with marketers, you know, in Fortune 500 companies from Nike, Pepsi. Yeah. What's really interesting is like, 30 years ago, it was very competitive where like, oh, you drew that R that way, I can draw it better. Only difference was it wasn't on the blockchain, you know, and it wasn't being bought and sold. But in regards to putting art out there, yeah, it was definitely being put out there. Like, it, it was just very contagious. Not just for like, for ego, but you do want to kind of show your work and like show who you are. My brother fell in love with it because he, he was always an artist. You know, he always liked, you know, calligraphies and drawings. From where we grew up, there wasn't like art programs or anything like that. My brother definitely tried, like I said, um, not try. He did do that, you know, as a as a graffiti artist. But I think, you know, you know, God bless his soul. You know, he um, he's not with us oh, in sorry. body, but definitely with spirit. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. But yeah, he he would have definitely been on, you know, in um into NFTs today. Today it's NFTs. Tomorrow it's going to be another canvas. If you like to draw, if you mm. love your work, but you enjoy others consuming your work and seeing your work then that's why I say any medium that exists should be utilized for your work to be shown. So that's where the Web3 comes yeah. into play, where now any image, any audio, video file can also you know, become an NFT. You have these new platforms where you could actually give royalties to your listeners or those who purchase you know, your song as an NFT. That evolution of, of going from a record player cassette tape you know, to Napster, Spotify, to wait a second, like now my listeners, you know, can download my song and see royalties out of it, like together with no music label. Like Richard, the whole community around Pull Together is very welcoming. They really want to find a better way to do things together. It's not just about themselves either. There's something about a no-loss lottery concept that's more collaborative than competitive. It has a different dynamic than a lottery. So how does Pull Together actually work? It's very similar to um, the premium bomb. If I deposit $100, mm -hmm. right, you know, and I get this percent, I only get that percent on the $100. But now we collectively all deposit, right? Then obviously that percentage, you know, is higher. The option with the premium bond is like, look, I'm not going to give you any interest at the end of the year, but I will give you this prize, you know, the potential of the prize. 
Think of Pool Together as one giant bank account. Anyone from anywhere in the world can deposit USDC, Matic, or Ethereum cryptocurrency, and it all goes into the same giant pool of money. That money is invested into other decentralized finance services like Aave. What those services do is allow people and organizations to lend money to people who want to borrow that money directly. There's no middleman, there's no bank in the middle, there's, there's no one. There's just code in the middle, that's it. By lending money on these platforms, you earn interest. It changes, but let's say it's 4% APY. If you put in $1,000 to a DeFi platform, that 4% will earn you about 11 cents a day, which is about $40 a year. But if you had $100 million, then you're looking at about 11000 per day in interest. And so Pool Together takes all of the interest earned by pooling everyone's money together into those DeFi platforms and then distributes that interest as prize money. Daily. It's a fantastic idea, but I had a ton of questions. How do you transfer money into Pool Together in the first place? Was it a fair lottery? Can the system be cheated? Richard's going to share some insights, and then I'll bring in Anne and Tim, who work on the marketing side, to tell us a bit more. What you have then is the prize of each and every single day of winning either, I think it's like seven different prizes. One is like $2,500 for one winner, you know, 500 for three winners. But here's here's the thing. Even the prizes themselves can be changed by the community. You know, if you hold pool tokens, like it's like you owning company shares, you know, and now you're kind of like, you're not a board member, you know, you're not a founder, but being that you hold shares and you have equity, you have ownership, you have a say, like you can go and say, hey, you know, I think you guys should change this. I think the prize, like you can do that, you know, within the pull together community. So this to me, again, was so refreshing, so new. It was like, I've got to try it. Like, I've got to see this, you know, like, I, is this really, you know, what it is? And then, like I said, like, it's it was that and more. Before I introduce you to Anne and Tim, who work for Pull Together on the marketing side, I just want to recap on a few things that Richard touched on. First, you need to change money into cryptocurrency to deposit it into Pull Together. Casino chips are a good analogy. Let's say you go into a casino with $100. When you change that into casino chips, you get exactly $100 worth of little plastic chips. And that makes it an easy way to think about what's happening when you buy a stablecoin like USDC. In the case of that $100 in the casino, or with USDC or any stablecoin, you can swap your tokens back for the same amount you paid for them at any point. But the casino isn't really a great analogy for the main concept of pull together. Related very much to the organisational element of pull together is the community. And that's what I think Richard was referring to when he says that pull together for him was all that and more. To build a community in Web3, though, you have to solve a really significant problem, one where there's a lot of friction, and that's the onboarding problem. Anne and Tim, who work on the marketing at Pull Together, also think a lot about onboarding. So I asked them what they felt was the best way to onboard people into Pull Together. Is it a great first experience, or is it better for people who have already deposited money with a crypto wallet somewhere before? I think that we should, you know, be thinking like all of Web3, how are we going to onboard people? It's way too hard, I think, for just one protocol, right, to be the, the sole onboarder. So already there, that kind of like you have to be talking to people who are already, you know, crypto native, Web3 native. Eventually, it would be great if like all of the big dogs <laughs> in Web3 could get together 
and fix the onboarding problem. In general, like when people get to pull together, although it is super simple, you have to already have the tools. Our best way of getting getting people is people who are used to it, used to depositing. Also, people who have smaller amounts to put, because uh, obviously, if you put like three, four hundred dollars and you end up winning the the big prize, like that's so exciting. So that's kind of how we're we're thinking our uh, our strategy. Uh, obviously, you know, sponsorships, partnerships are the way to go. I think like you can see in the community, everyone's collaborating. So why not have these protocols and these dApps collaborating together as well? Because we're all kind of sharing the same crowd, right? So might as well elevate everyone. To get people to adopt something, you really have to build on people's expectations and their existing normative behaviours. Onboarding is a huge problem in Web3. Your email address, your social accounts that reduce the friction of logging into sites that you're signed up to right now, all those are gone. You sign up and sign into Web3 services with a cryptographic wallet. Most wallets let you switch networks, but some are focused on one chain. So you probably need multiple wallets. But which one do you need? What do I do with it? How do I transfer money into it? Is it safe to use a credit card? These are questions people have been asking me. Casinos and mobile games make it simple to onboard and bring money into their worlds. It's getting there with Web3, but it hasn't quite happened yet. There's still more to do. Being able to get money into pull together is actually a great onboarding for Web3 in general. And that's to say, it's not entirely straightforward. They haven't solved the onboarding problem for everybody. If you can get money into a wallet and then into pull together, then the rest of Web3 really opens up for you. Anne and Tim and I were all on the same group call when we talked. And I told them how I'd failed to get into crypto a few times. It was just too much friction. I asked Anne and Tim to share how they got started in Web3 and to share their marketing backgrounds and their transition from Web2 to Web3. I have a marketing advertising background. I've been doing that for the past six, seven, eight years. Um, Crypto DeFi has kind of been in my uh, circle for the past uh, three, four years. I kind of like you, Paul, I never got it. I was just like, Ugh, what is this? I'm, I'm not really interested. But, um, you know, as you said, it keeps popping up, it keeps popping up. And then you've got all these bright people, all these friends that you you trust and you love and they're smart. They wear glasses and they're all into this. So you I was like, OK, I kind of have to try to understand. For me, like you, it was the NFT kind of component that made it more tangible I, that I got. So with the pandemic, it was kind of hard because uh, the past two years, everyone's been inside. So everyone's on their computer. And I was like, you know, this isn't a big deal. <laughs> so um, I was going to a crypto conference with my partner who, is, uh, who has been in the space for a long time. And there it clicked because people were talking about, you know, everything they could do, uh, all the possibilities. One thing in particular was the uh, ETH documentary that they're doing. And I think it was a poster from People Pleaser. She was explaining how people who got the poster, the NFT poster, they were all uh, owned a piece of the documentary, right? So that just, it's just such an easy example that you can wrap your head around it. I was like, oh my gosh, that was kind of a click of this is where I need to go. And then there's a second talk, which it's kind of cheesy, but cute story. I met this wonderful woman at this conference. This girl was amazing. We had like a lot of hearts to hearts and she was telling me about her um, her master's her thesis. And she said that she had written a, a thesis about how women uh, from a young age, like as soon as they're young, they're not um, they're not prompt to take risk. So like even in their games, right, like guys, it's like Hot Wheels and like Daredevil and superheroes. Well, women even now, like let's say you can have a Barbie um you know, a doctor Barbie or a lawyer Barbie, but those aren't risky behaviors or risky jobs. And my partner is a serial entrepreneur, right? He's just always doing a new thing. It doesn't matter when the bank bank account falls to zero. And I've always been very like planned type A, go to university, do a postgraduate, do everything you're supposed to do. And that conversation on a rooftop <laughs> with a few cocktails in, I came back home, you know, and I was like, I'm quitting my job on Monday. When I get back, I need to be a risk taker. 
came back, quit my job, and then I was going to just figure out DeFi. That was like my goal, just to just figure it out. So it's amazing because it's just that the opportunities are there and people are willing to include you and talk to you and just just go in, do do, do the best you can do. And like, there's you're going to find your space. That's what's so great about it. You can literally create your own job, create your own, you know, tasks of what you want to do. During that conference, I also had met a few people from Pool Together. And one of them, Leighton, who was one of the founders, there's three of them, he reached out in December and was like, oh, could you help us a little bit with like some NFT uh, engagement pieces and strategies? So I was like, oh, okay. Imposter syndrome kicked in, but I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. (laughs) So since December, I just kind of jumped in the pool, pun intended. And I made a bunch of friends and I've just been like so absorbed by it because I was like, this is so easy. I have no financial background. This is everything I say is uh, not financial advice. Please do not take any advice from me at all. Any financial or any life advice. But I was like, oh, this makes sense. It's just so easy to understand. And I've been using it to onboard uh, some of my girlfriends and friends who aren't um, you know, crypto native or whatever. And they're like, oh, I get it. You know, I just, you just have to say, you put your money in, you're not going to lose it. Instead of, uh, all the interest is drawn, uh, between all of the, all of the poolers, all of the depositors once a day. So you might win a little bit, you might win nothing, but you won't lose. Elevator pitch right there. <laughs> we want people to put their money in, you know, even small amounts just in the hope to win things like just, just for that rather than buying lottery tickets or whatever. So this is Tim, who's working on marketing and strategy at Pull Together. But like Anne, it wasn't a straight line for Tim finding his way into Web3. Here's Tim talking about a very common experience that also kept me out of doing anything on the Ethereum blockchain for a long time. Maybe this sounds familiar to you. I've been dabbling in crypto in 2019 and 2020. I, I would, I would dip the toe in the pool, you know. I would, you know, get get an app, get a wallet or whatever, mm. put put some money on there and move it around and do stuff and get upset that I got like destroyed by fees because I would probably put like a hundred hundred US dollars in twenty nineteen and then it'd be like thirty bucks and I'd be like, what? And then I'd stop for a year. And then in twenty twenty, like in January, I, I, I remember when I was like, oh, they're dApps now and, and pool together. And and so I put some money in pool together and like Uniswap. And so I just started like, and then my money was gone again because I paid all the fees again. And I was so upset. I really share Tim's experience here, but Tim's been in it much longer. And in 2020, like many of us, Tim's work and life were massively disrupted by the pandemic, which seemed to set him back on the path to Web3 again. And then COVID and the woo and all the stuff that happened with the prices. But I, but I had stayed at this nonprofit for nine years and I had, I had all of the Kool-Aid there. I was in it to win it. I was really about this world-changing global nonprofit that I, wanted, that I was a part of. And I, was, and I developed a marketing team there. And, and so that was really great. And I still got to do the side hustle stuff. And, and that that helped my ADD, and I still got to do my music and all that. And uh, and then I got laid off in um, in G- July of 2020. I thought that I would only work somewhere for three years and then move on. So I got laid off, and I had to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. So my side hustle ramped up. I started working for a nonprofit in Japan, uh, and so I was in a brewery in Brooklyn. Uh, it's called Talia. Very delicious beer. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's run by women, which is very rare for the brewery industry, girl power. And it's awesome. So I was sitting at the bar and my friend Layton, who I knew from, um, his tech background, he created this app that, uh, allowed people to give via texting and, uh, and sold that and then took some time off and then developed pool together. And then he's like, dude, what's going on with you? And I'm like, bro, I got like five jobs and I'm looking at like stock trading now to try to create some income because all my jobs are like nonprofit and I got to fundraise and stuff and, and it's not working right now. And he's like, oh, you got to get back into crypto. Now it's like $150 a transaction. I'm like, then I'm definitely not getting into it. And he's like, yeah, but uh, have you heard about airdrops? And I'm like, what are those? Okay, let's cover airdrops really quickly. 
When you post an image to Instagram or send a tweet on Twitter, you're writing data to the servers that are owned and operated by the company whose app you're using. The cost of running those servers and doing those transactions is taken on by the company whose app you're using. By comparison, Ethereum is a decentralized network. You're not using a server funded by ads, so transactions on the blockchain mean the people are providing the infrastructure. The fee you pay on Ethereum is called gas. An airdrop means you don't pay any fees because someone is sending something to you. They're paying the gas fee. So a way to look at an airdrop in marketing terms is that it's direct marketing in Web3. And when Tim found out about this airdrop concept, he was pretty excited about not paying fees. I like run home. I like rustle up all my seed phrases from all the wallets that I created. I can't find some. I'm like, I'm upset. And, and I ended up like getting the Uniswap um, airdrop uh, on two wallets. And then I joined the Pool Together community because it's the friendliest Discord on the planet. It's been really great. During this time, I was watching YouTube basically dictates what happens in my life. The, the algorithm shows me videos and then I get obsessed. So this happened with Eurorack synthesizers because it started showing me that stuff. And then it also, uh, and now it, it, I also thought I was going to be a professional poker player. And so I started really studying hard on poker. And then ice poker with Decentral Games happened. And it was like this perfect storm of like, oh, wait, I love poker. I love not losing money. I love like just playing to earn. That sounds really fun. NFTs, cool. So I got into that. So I'm really big into the Pool Together community. I'm hosting their podcast. Ann and I just did a podcast. I'm still in the afterglow from that session. So hosting the podcast. I'm doing the ice poker. And then I'm really into Wassies. And so I'm, I'm, I want to create some Wassie music. I had no idea what a Wassie was either. So at this point, I understood that Pool Together was a decentralized organization and a no-loss lottery. But I was still a bit skeptical. There's no people who handle your money with Pool Together. It's all code. How transparent is Pool Together or anything, really, if you can't read the code? How do you know who wins? Is it a scam or a Ponzi scheme? We've got, we've got transparency here. Uh, you can go to poolexplore.win and see all of the draws. And my favorite part of this is the uh, luckiest winners. You can sort by win balance, but if you click the win over balance, you can see the least amount of money deposited and the most amount of money won. So we've got uh, somebody put in five bucks, wow. just totally dipping their toe, their littlest yeah. toe in the in the pool and won a hundred bucks. Wow. Uh, in draw 62, we have somebody who won, who put in $226 and won the, the grand prize of $2,500. Oh. So you can see right on the chain exactly which wall, who won what, where, um, and how much they won. Here's Richard on why transparency is important and what it means for Web3 and pull together. With the beauty of the blockchain is that everything is open and transparent. You, I, or anyone can actually see that code. So it's like saying, it's seeing again, Instagram or any app, but seeing the code within it and behind it, you know, where, where is it taking my information? How is it moving it? But at least we'll pull together. And again, all the protocols, like I said, they put it out there just so people, if they have that, that mistrust or that doubt, if, if they don't know the code, they can at least see the code and know the code exists there. All right, you're managing funds in the millions of dollars. Obviously, there's risk. Things could happen, you know, in regards to smart contract. That's what, what I'm saying is things haven't happened, you know, in three years. It's like any bank. Can can a bank robber go into a bank and rob yes. it? Yeah, 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 like that's possible. Like, th things could happen. But what I'm saying is if you have whatever small amount of money and you want to try this and potentially want a prize, the option is there. Now, I've looked through the lists of winners and I can't see any obvious patterns, but I'm not and nor am I trying to be an investigative journalist or a forensic analyst specialising in crypto and blockchain. I am just curious. A scam lottery would have been noticed by now, and the more I talked to Richard in particular, the more I started to sense the strong, short and long-term opportunities that really mattered to Richard and the community. 
In explaining how it works a little more, Richard started to help me see why and how a protocol like Pull Together can have a big impact. So far, with a few hundred dollars in Pull Together, I've won a grand total of $5. But that money wasn't earning me any interest where it was now, and I don't need it. And today, when I check, eh, maybe I've won a couple of grand, maybe I've won nothing. But I haven't lost anything either. And all of this is in USDC, so anyone in the world can take part in Pull Together. Here's Richard again. You know, I've won prizes. But besides me winning prizes, it's like I've actually seen people who have won the prizes, but it's changed their life. You know, there have been people, you know, from other countries like Argentina, um, Venezuela. So the prize can be, you know, five times, 10 times or more of whatever you would make in a year. Yeah, no, there have been people that have won, you know, thousands of dollars, you know, from $25,000, $40,000. Another kind of like added uh, feature or prize within itself is that Pull Together, they released their Pull Token. It was airdropped to those who use Pull Together just for using the service. Now, each of those tokens at one time, you know, was worth from $30 to $40 to even $50. So if they got 100 of them, like that's $5,000. You know, just from, again, from using the service. I started this episode talking about peanut butter and jam. The no-loss lottery was that kind of combination for me at first. But at this point, talking with Richard, Anne and Tim, I felt like I started to get it. It's a combination that I felt really worked, tastes good. I know that somebody every day won the interest that we all created together by pooling our money together. And I'm happy for them, because I didn't lose anything. The second peanut butter and jam combination I mentioned at the start of the show was decentralised organisation. Part of Pull Together is a decentralised autonomous organisation. So how does that work? How do you organise in a decentralised way? And what does any of this have to do with pool tokens? Here's Tim and Ann to explain. Yeah, the pool tokens are, um, you know, they're governance tokens within Pool Together. So Pool Together is forming a DAO right now. Um, and we, Ann and I work on the marketing working group. And we are currently organizing into different um, verticals within that group. And uh, we're deciding on who's going to lead those. So that's where we're at in the, in the current current phase. But then also, as far as tactics go, Ann is heading up a, super secret sweet project in that space in the marketing working group okay so this token is not a currency nor is it an nft that you would use as a profile picture on twitter for example or instagram soon it's fungible it has value and it can be traded so it's a token that you vote with once there's ten thousand tokens you know together that's how a change can be made to the product Pull together does not, how can I say, you know, advocate for anything in regards to price of the token. There are people, how can I say, who hear of pull together and would want to buy the token, you know, based as an investment. But the true purpose, like I said, of, of the pull token is for governing. You know, it's it's for voting, it's for providing the change that co- the community wants to see. Anyone is welcome to come to the Discord of Pull Together and voice whatever comment, opinion that they have. Everything is open and transparent, you know, and and you see, you know, who votes yes. Again, you see it by wallet addresses and you see the open feedback. Let's talk to Tim and Anne again about the detail of using that token in a decentralized organization. Pool tokens are really like the governance token of Pool Together that uh, you can, as a contributor to the DAO, earn them. When they minted these tokens, they gave away 80% of them to the community, which is like unheard of. I was thinking maybe we need to explain what a DAO is and how that works. DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous. Hard word to say for a French speaker organization. And basically how it works, it's from the ground up. So instead in a traditional company, right, you would have like a board of directors or you would have the boss. And they would be telling people what to do, where to go, what's the, you know, what's the roadmap, all of that. Whereas a DAO, it's 
very much the community that gets together and votes on things. So there's a lot of uh, positives to this and it's, it's really great. So in the example of the marketing working group, what we've done um, is create really like a proposal of how it would work. So we've worked multiple hours, multiple meetings. We put up a proposal together and then we go to uh, the rest of the members of the community. So people who, you know, deposit, who are in the Discord, who really participate. And we, we say, hey, this is our proposal. This is how it would work. What do you guys think? And there's votes. There's always, there's a lot of voting going on, which can be sometimes... Um, you know, you're you're so involved in your project and you want it to go through and then you're like, oh, we have to make it go through the vote. But that's great because it makes it makes it that whatever we're working on, the whole community is on board. Right. And it it's uh you might think, oh, everyone's always gonna say yes, go, go, go. But no, people, you know, they'll say no and they'll give feedback and it's great. You go back to the drawing board, work on it again. It's a very different way of thinking. I'm very structured, I'm very, you know, planned. This is, it, it, it's an adjustment because you're, I'm always like, I'm constantly writing the latent, hey, is this okay? Is this how we should do it? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, validate with the community. And I'm like, oh, right. Which is, it's, it's you know, in traditional, you're like, you're going to go to the boss. You're going to go to the CEO. You're going to make sure, but it's not how it works. And it's a great way of working. At this point, I was starting to wonder if too much voting was going to leave the people in the core part of a DAO with all the responsibility and none of the authority. What I mean is, if you're the head of marketing in a non-DAO, why would you ask people who don't know anything about marketing whether they approve of your marketing strategy? That's a great point. Let me... Okay, so in the example of the marketing group, we're gonna we're trying to have leads per um, specific group. So let's say sponsorships and then a lead for branding so that everything comes from the community, is worked on, but you have one person that is accountable, which I think... I think the key word here is accountable yeah. because when there's too many people involved, nothing happens, yeah. right? There's a lot of ideas, there's a lot of opinion, but nothing happens. So you need to make sure that someone is leading the group or at least putting all the information together, putting it all together and proposing something that works and goes through. And that is um, aligned with the vision, mission, brand of, of the DAO. Because if everyone's responsible, no, one's, no one is responsible, yeah. So for me, that feels like there's a framework that will emerge where DAOs and voting really works and can easily be applied to lots of other areas. There isn't a word for micromanagement by voting that I'm aware of, but it's important that people voting can make a fair and informed decision. In the context of pull together, should they ask the community what colour the website should be or the font or where a button should go or what that button should be called? No. That's why you employ a designer. They're the professionals. When we were talking about the structure, something that we did forget to mention, or I don't think we did, was that there is a Pull Together Inc., which is the um, kind of the core product team, all right? So they are, um, if I'm not mistaken, they're not, they're outside of the DAO. The PT Inc. is really like focused on product, and that's something that right now the DAO, um, I don't want to say can't touch, and that's maybe where that kind of bridge comes, right? Is there one part of the protocol or the DAP that is centralized and other parts that are decentralized? And that's kind of what Pool Together is doing. I mean, you can take the community's feedback and address it and try to better and elevate the product. But if everyone has their hands in it and can just modify things, then you're going to have a, a messy <laughs> a messy outcome, right? I do think that the... I think the plan, though, for Pull Together, and we cannot speak authoritatively okay. to this. However, I've been seeing the in the Discord like the desire for product to be in the DAO at some mm. point. It's just not there. So they're going. They're, there's this like long transition that's happening, step by step, tiered. And I do think that everything will be the DAO at some point, um, but not right now. So what does Pull Together ask people to vote on? Let me read you some titles of some previous proposals. 20th of April, Polygon Uniswap with pool liquidity. 31st of March, move 400k PTA USDC. 29th of March, Treasury Working Group, second quarter. 22nd of Jan, top prize subsidize and PTIP-5. 2nd of December 2021, continuation of the C4. 13th of November, operations overhaul. 18th of March 2021, retro airdrop for missing users. 
So why isn't this taking off with other companies and services? Why haven't other national or state lotteries switched to this particular model today? I think I think people are figuring it out, like discovering what, what DAOs look like, what they should be. Back in 2019, I remember just 2019, 2020, just going through and being like, oh, what's a DAO? And like, there's this organization and Andrew Yang is a political candidate in the United States, had his had a DAO. And it was just, it's, it's all so nascent. Hmm. When I talk to my normie friends about uh, crypto, I, t- I tell them we're still at the internet fa- phase when I had to dial into yeah. the local university in the bulletin board system. Uh, and so we're currently, we went from decentralized to centralized and we're trying to break free of the bonds of centralization. And I think we can do it. And I think we, we're exploring that with DAOs especially a pool together where you have this priority of shipping and then you have this other value of decentralization and they potentially fight all the time. But there is this like underlying belief that no, 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 I think we can do it. There is this core belief though, that the decentralization of the web is better and will and can be done. And we have the technology now to do it, or we will soon have the technology to do it. Anne and I are new to this space, but I think that we're both translators. We are the Sherpas of the crypto space. And we, we lead people through this. And, and what I want to do is I want to lead nonprofits through this coming from that space, because I do believe in, in world change is possible um, through organization and through what we're doing, not centralization potentially, but like a nonprofit, when they approach the space, they want to like accept donations by Coinbase. That's their idea of getting getting into web web three or crypto and what i would tell them a nonprofit or a foundation or uh, any business is that if you want to fully integrate into crypto your your business model your nonprofit model your um, change model needs to fundamentally alter you have to change it you have to basically destroy what you have now and give it to the community here's where people are going to start dividing their opinions Tim shared a story about a friend with a theatre company. He suggested to this friend how she, the creator of the organisation, could set this up as a DAO. What I want you to do is, as he tells this story, put yourself either in the position of the theatre director, his friend, or in the community as he shares this story. If you can, try and move between those two perspectives and see if you feel differently. Take a listen. I was talking to a friend who wants to start a theater company. Um, and I was like, you should do one in the metaverse. I don't think one exists yet. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I'm like, uh, caveat, though, if you do it right, you got to give control to everybody else. She's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm, the, I'm a creative. I must, I must create. And I'm like, well, that's cool. The DAO will probably give you the role of creator in that, in that space. But you got to let the DAO do it if you want to totally have everybody behind you and and rooting for you. That's how I approach DAOs, but I I think everybody's figuring it out. Did you put yourself in the role of the creator or the community in Tim's example? Depending which one, maybe you cringed or flinched at the idea of putting your business in the hands of a community. As Tim says, DAOs are still figuring out what works and what doesn't. What works for a charity or a non-profit is probably not going to work for a creative entertainment company. One of the things DAOs have to teach us is how to be an active member of a community. But we haven't got time to be active members of every single community for every single product. Is it going to be a choice between one or the other? There is this third way, but I do, I do think that like saying that something is not possible is a direct challenge to make it possible. We're trying to take Web 2 concepts and put it on Web 3 when it's going to be something completely different that's not going to look like what we think decentralization looks like and what centralization looks like. I would suggest reading some science fiction from uh, Sishin Lu, who, is, who wrote The Three-Body Problem. But, but Chinese science fiction generally is really, uh, it's beautiful. And it gets you thinking at this like billions and, and trillions of years. The story spans that. So, so uh, there's this tendency to like, okay, but we can't have that. And yeah. this, it, but it's like, what's the possible, yeah. like, can we zoom out as much as possible? With everything Tim and Anne told me about their work in Pull Together itself, it started to sound to me like some of the ways marketing works in Web 2 don't really apply in Web 3. 
So what's the advice for anyone in marketing in Web 2 who might want to move into Web 3? You want the, the true the answer? True, the, true. The, Tell me the truth. The, <laughs> the secret. <laughs> all mar- are all marketers listen in? <laughs> um, it's to get in the community, learn. And honestly, you know, the imposter syndrome is real. Me and Tim talk about it a lot. It's completely different. I know it's, it's very cheesy what I have to say, but be authentic. Be part of the community. If you're a brand coming in, have a, for me, um, this is a long-term strategy. It is not a tactic. It is part of a marketing plan, part of a broader strategy that has long-term goals, objectives. It's a shift of perspective. It's giving back to the community and reward them. So, you know, if you're whatever McDonald's, well, everyone who's ever eaten a burger there should receive, you know, something. I'm, I'm teasing, but like, that's really what how I see it. Um, and education and be be interested if you're coming in the space, just like quick cash grabs, like get out because you're going to be eaten alive. It may work the first time, but like if you're just here one offs doing a little one thing, it's not going to work, honey. <laughs> well, so here's the thing about marketing is like there's some stuff that works that I don't like that I don't want to be a part of. Right. And so I like reject hype generally. And then the other thing is I'm seeing all these web two companies or just regular like glasses company. Everybody wants to be in the metaverse or have these different. So they put somebody on the team in this space, guarantee you they're going to leave your company in the next, like in six months, you're, you're paying them to get a new job is what you're doing. From what I see, I I see people leaving the, the mammoth companies like Google and Facebook for their own personal projects or some other project in web three. The strength of a community is really important for platforms like Pull Together. I asked Tim what he felt the values of the community were, since values are something that marketing people think about a lot. There's this underlying generosity in uh, baked into Pull Together that I see as a value, whether we name it or not. I could see people like winning prizes, but then like a portion of that going mm. to uh, a nonprofit or charity that you believe in. Imagine, like Tim saying, that charities and non-profits asked you to save your money into something similar to pull together so that the interest earned, instead of being given away as prizes, was all given to the charity. There's money just sitting in your bank account, not doing anything. I wonder how much more sustainable that would make some charities. I hope more people start to explore it. And also had more to say on the community values too. I just, it was very cheesy. I just wanted to say, um, Tim was talking about how generous people are, but just generosity of time, I think is like a huge one. And I think it's just, it's not just pool together. It's the community as a whole, but like so many people have taken time to just like Zoom with me. There's like no stupid questions too. So if you are thinking of a place to go, come to pool together, ask your stupid questions. They're not stupid. We've all asked the same ones. Like we're here. So just generosity of time is something that I've really seen in the community. But that was my little cheesy bit. Fantastic. (laughs) Speaking of generosity, Richard delegated $100 to me after we spoke to help me on board to pull together and increase my chances of winning. I'm not the type of person like to leave anybody behind. You know, I'm I'm the type of person like if I if I have something right, it's like, all right, how can I share it with you? I'm the guy, you know, who's like on a road. I see a car breaking down. I'll go to the car. What happened? What's going on? I don't care who you are. I see you're having a hard time. It's like, all right, how can I help you? I don't see male, female, race or anything, you know, color. Like, I don't see, like, I see another person, like another human being, and I just want to share something with them. Pull Together has been around for a few years now, so where could this all go next? Have they proven that this model works? There's so much you can do. Like it could be, you know, like I said, it could be brands. It could be giving back to like individual people. It could be, you know, uh, individual people choosing to give back to charities. It's not going to be just individuals anymore. But like, how can we come together and build on that? I think the future pull together um, is going to be connected to the community. That core value will carry through. And I don't think I I, I don't think in, in five years it's going to look the same. I just think that this no loss concept, this community concept, and this winning, this prize kind of thing um, in a non-spammy way with generosity baked in. Those are the ingredients. What can we make with that? What kind of cake can we bake? 
I really hope you're getting this by now. The conversations you will have with a Web2 startup are all about disrupting and winner takes all. This is not like a Web2 startup. This is different. I'll be put together to the day I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so here, and here's and here's an offer that I extend. Again, I'm R Liriano anywhere. You know, like on Twitter, Telegram, Discord. Um, R L I R I A N O. And the way again, I invite any of your listeners to try pull together is just send me a DM, and I'll gladly again give you a ticket. If you have a question, if you have a doubt, I'm willing to give you a ticket just for you to have it and hopefully win. I'm not sure if the word evangelist really does justice to Richard. I'm very grateful for having met him because since then, I've felt a lot more positive about the world during a time when I really needed to feel it. That's it for this week. A huge thank you to Richard, Anne and Tim for talking to me. If you want to learn more about Pull Together, go to pulltogether.com or go to mintedpodcast.com where I'll put some links to some of the things we talked about in the show. I also want to be clear that this show is not financial advice. I'm not sponsored or affiliated with Pull Together, but I am a member of the Pull Together community and I do have a few hundred dollars in Pull Together. I think you'll find them very inspiring as a group. So yeah, head over to pulltogether.com, check it out. Let me know how you get on. And hopefully you'll meet Richard, Tim and Anne at some point. The music for the show as usual is fully licensed through Melody. That's melod.ie. They're not sponsoring the show. I pay for that. I'd love it if they did. <laughs> but um, it's just a good service. I want to mention them. Thanks very much. 